an entitled HOA tries to punish me and my family for putting cameras up on our home, telling us to stop them if we can, pushing us into a legal dispute that cost them thousands of dollars in the process. Here's what happened. So this happened several years ago and is a multi-year long story. So to start things out, we installed cameras in front of our home that were looking at our vehicles. And part of the camera angles did overlook parts of two neighbors' properties, one's backyard and one's side yard. The cameras were battery operated and had a function where you could gray out areas that you didn't want to film. When motion occurred in the grayed out areas, the cameras would not be activated to film. The neighbor's entire properties and several bushes on our property were grayed out, and we did this when installing them. One of the neighbors was a friend and had no issues with this whatsoever. We even showed her the camera angle, and she said she didn't care whether it was grayed out or not. But even with that in mind, we still left it grayed out. The other neighbor's name was Karen. Not really, but we all know why I chose that name. This entitled Karen was on the HOA board, and as you can imagine, we did not get along with this Karen or the HOA board in the slightest. We told the Karen about the camera and showed her the grayed out area at the same time that we told our friendly neighbor about it. It was simply an FYI conversation, and we were not asking for permission in the slightest. This entitled Karen told us to take the cameras down immediately, or else we would regret it. About a week after we hung up the cameras, we got a notice from our HOA that we were violating the bylaws. Now, what were the bylaws in question? It had to do with being a nuisance to your neighbor. There wasn't a specific bylaw preventing placement of cameras, so this is literally all they could find to try and punish us. We responded with a letter detailing how we were not violating any bylaws or laws in general, and we asked them to cease and desist. But I think we know where this is going to go, because they did not cease and they did not desist. And what was their first response? They said to me that the HOA has the right to enforce these bylaws. Just try and stop us if you think you can. And these types of responses were, unfortunately, quite common from this board. We eventually entered this battle with one goal in mind, to cost them as much money and time as possible. The HOA hired a lawyer specifically just to fight us. To my knowledge, this has not happened to any other resident. In the following four months, we ended up costing the HOA over $4,000 in lawyer's fees fighting this battle. For reference, the entire HOA income was maybe $25,000 a year. When it came time for our official HOA hearing over the matter, we had successfully postponed it, thanks to our attorney friend, three separate times. There were over 100 back and forth emails with the HOA attorney, as well as ourselves. Each one of those emails was a 15-minute expense for the HOA, so I was more than happy to follow up a follow-up question with another follow-up question, if it meant the HOA attorney was going to keep billing them for their time. We didn't actually want to take this battle to court, so we ended up removing the cameras the day of the hearing, just to prevent being fined, even if the fine wouldn't hold up in court. The HOA decided in the hearing that we were guilty of violating the bylaw, but they couldn't fine us, as the bylaws don't allow a fine until a hearing has been held, and the cameras were already removed. In the end, the punishment was a sternly written piece of paper on the attorney's letterhead, delivered via certified mail, that stated that we were not allowed to place a camera on our home that had the potential to invade a neighbor's privacy. Keep in mind, though, that the letter specifically stated that the camera could not be placed on our home, so we left the camera off of our home for about four months, all the way up until the annual HOA meeting. And you should have seen the look on the HOA board's face when I asked them to explain the $4,000 line item for attorney's fee that simply stated title searches attorney fees. The board actually tried to hide the fact that they had spent $4,000 trying to fight us over a 
couple of cameras by putting the fees in as a title search. Needless to say, the meeting did not go well for them. About half of them lost their positions on the board, while the other half did remain on the board. About a week after the annual meeting, we installed new cameras, facing the same direction as the prior ones, only this time, we installed a post in the ground and mounted the cameras on the post. The admonishment we received after the hearing specifically stated that we were not allowed to install cameras on our home, and said nothing about putting them on a post. They did send a letter to try and tell us to remove the cameras, but a sternly worded response, indicating that we were prepared to fight them on this, actually ended up working this time. I guess they didn't want to spend another $4,000 trying to fight us on this. And you know what? We didn't receive any follow-up responses after that. And even after two years and running strong, every single camera is still installed on their post, and we don't have any plans of taking them down anytime soon. I gotta be honest, as someone who deals with HOAs on occasion, it is fantastic to see someone else put these people in their place. I seriously can't stand HOAs in the slightest. I think they are a massive waste of time, and they are just a vampire for everybody else's money. So good for the original poster for literally wasting so much time for these people. And honestly, what a hilarious workaround. Putting that on a post that's not specifically on your house is such a funny workaround that I'm sure they were not expecting. But if anything, that'll hopefully teach them a lesson that they can't just try to bully somebody away and act like they can get away with anything. Because eventually you're going to run into someone who's willing to fight back. And the end result is going to be the same. You're going to be horribly embarrassed and half your board is going to lose their positions. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. An entitled guest freaks out on me, forcing me to run into the back office just to hide from her and call the police for some kind of safety. And I've never been more scared in my life. Here's what happened. So at 1.05 a.m., I was minding my own business, sitting at the front desk like I always do. A blonde 40-something woman comes down, tugging a coat over her arms. I greet her with a smile and I say good morning. The woman looks at me and rolls her eyes, asking me what time it was. I tell her the time and she just grumbles. I got here at 8 p.m. and I'm waking up at 1 in the morning. Ask me again if I'm having a good morning. So it was pretty obvious we had a tired, grumpy guest. Well, it is early and I am on a night schedule, so it's no biggie. It doesn't bother me. I just laugh it off and mention how tired she must be, hoping to just smooth over her attitude with some positivity. But we only went downhill. She mentioned something about the hotel making a lot of money off of being greedy. I was a little shocked by this, since that wasn't the usual dialogue my NPC brain had to use. So I started to say, we usually have a slow season when it comes to wintertime. She then interjects and says, are you the owner? I blinked a few times and said, no, I'm just the night audit. She then responded by saying, then don't say we. You are not we. You don't own the building. She banged on the fireplace a few times before tightening her coat around her. I thought for a few seconds about how odd this interaction was. If anything, this was just a weird encounter. But since she came from the elevator, she had to be a guest. The side doors were locked and she mentioned paying for the room. So this had to be someone staying here intentionally. She was already being extremely hostile and since I work alone, I needed some information off of her. I asked her what her room number is, hovering my fingers over the keyboard. If anything, this sounded like a complaint in the making. And after one of my previous experiences, I wanted to give my boss a heads up about a future issue so he could address it as soon as possible. I mean, he did tell us that our location gets fined $150 per complaint, so I wanted to help mitigate the issue. But the woman told me she didn't know her room number, so I raised my brow and I said, can I get your last name then? This lady interrupted me mid-sentence and said, I don't want to give you that. She looked me in the eyes when she said that, and right 
right about then, I knew this was about to be trouble. I responded to her by saying, then you need to leave. I basically gave her the option to either return to her room or go outside. I really did not know how to continue. I was sure that she was a guest, so I wouldn't have said anything if she had just gone back to the elevator. But in the lobby, fighting me was one place she wouldn't be. If she went outside, I'd ask for her name again to verify her identity. But I will say that I was getting worried about the confrontation. At this point, she pulled a key out of her pocket. She said to me, you don't tell me what to do. I have a room here, which confirmed my previous expectations. Except now it escalated and she was fast approaching me. There is no security guard and I was starting to feel afraid. I told her if she did not leave the lobby, I would have the police come and remove her. She said to me, I will do whatever I want. Call the police. See if I care. At this point, my hands were shaking. She was right up in my face. I did not feel like I could further de-escalate the situation and she was obviously not acting right. I have never, not in my life, had a confrontation like this. I grabbed my phone and my keys and I head into my safe zone, which is the laundry room, just to try and remove myself from the situation and calm us both down. Yes, I was still going to call the non-emergency phone number because I needed some assistance in figuring out what to do with her. Because honestly, we don't have any training on this kind of situation. I mostly just hoped that she would scamper off to her room, but she stayed out in the lobby, ringing the service bell, trying to get me to come back and face her. I whispered into my phone so I wouldn't anger that woman any further. Watching her from the lobby cameras, the woman left the bell and began to rummage through our Uber cards, yelling about how much of a jerk I was. I watched as she eventually exclaimed that she doesn't have to wait here for this, and she began to walk back to the elevators, all the way up until she stopped and rushed to the office door to try and get to me. She actually pulled on the lock, trying to break in, and this is when I started to freak out to the dispatch. I begged dispatch for help and to send someone right away. Tears started flooding down my face. I have never had someone do this before. I was so scared because she may try to hop the counter, which is really low in one area, and the laundry door does not lock. Dispatch told me an officer was in the area and to stay where I was. The woman abandoned the door and went to the low area of the front desk. I held my breath. The laundry room door was ajar, and I was hiding in a corner, and she could still see into the room, just not where I was. She said, I'll stuff you in a washing machine, and I just repeated it to the lady on the phone. Thankfully, the crazy woman decided against hopping the counter, and I watched as she went to our north-facing doors. She put on her hood, held the door open for a cigarette, and eventually, dispatch hung up on me. I didn't realize that she did, and I just kept talking on the phone. I've never had them hang up on me before, but oh well. At that time, I could tell that this lady was talking to somebody, since her arms were flailing all over the place. I call my partner at the time for comfort, and then the police come and find me. I tell him the story above, reminding him I also have a camera to back me up on this. He asks me what I want to do, and I tell him that she has got to go. The officer advises me against it, which I thought was odd, but I told him that I am the only one on site, and she was no longer welcome at our hotel. He says okay, and she is brought through the front door. Anyways, I'm given her name and her room number, and she and her husband are the second highest shiny you can be for my brand, so I am absolutely shocked by her behavior. It's under her husband's name, whom the officer says is in the room with her. Now, apparently he was a swell guy, and he was sleeping peacefully until the cops came knocking on his door. He didn't seem surprised that his wife got them kicked out of a hotel at 2 in the morning, but I again told the police officer that I have cameras to back me up. I wasn't making up any of this. The cops tell me to go back to the laundry room while the couple wheels their luggage through the lobby. 
lobby and into their vehicle. They were even nice enough to wait while this crazy lady de-iced the windshield, only to then flip the bird to one of the officers as they were leaving. I tried to get a hold of my boss to see if I did everything right, but he has told me in the past that he turns his phone off at night, so I had no luck in getting in contact with him. I'm scared to think about what that woman would have done to me if the door wasn't locked, or if she jumped the counter in some way. I mean, she was really twisting that handle. Do I think that she would have put me in the washing machine? No. But I've never been in any kind of fight before, so I don't really know how to defend myself. I left the lobby to de-escalate the situation, but she wanted more, and I honestly hope that my boss does not refund her. And I also think that this may be the beginning of the end of my job as a night audit, at least at this location. I really need to work somewhere with a security guard and a functioning front door that locks. And while I know there's crazy people everywhere, a little bit of peace of mind at a new job really would go a long way. Honestly, if I was in that situation, just like the original poster, I would have probably called the police as well. This lady went from like 0 to 100 all of a sudden, and she came down into that lobby with a chip on her shoulder very clearly. So yeah, you did the right thing in my opinion. And I would have kicked this lady out as well. She literally said she wanted to stuff you in a washing machine. Like, what is going on right now? Talking to me or anybody else like that is not going to fly on my watch. You got to go. So hopefully you have some good luck when it comes to finding a new job. Because based on what you just described, that sounds like a very scary situation to be stuck in. And hopefully you find something that's much better suited for what you want to do. My sister has invited a stranger to a family event without consulting me in the first place. And now I really don't know what to do. So last year, my family got into tapping as well as maple syrup production from the small sugar bush on the land I co-owned with my sister, as well as our two younger siblings. My dad did most of it last year with some help from the rest of my siblings. I was not able to take time off from work to help out, but this year I am in a different role at work and I was really looking forward to participating. Over the last few months, my sister has also really gotten into online dating. She has met some people that she's decided to remain friends with. One of the men expressed interest in learning how to tap, so she invited him to participate. She asked her dad, who said it was okay, but she didn't ask me or our other siblings at all. I didn't even find out from her until a few days before that she invited this person. Even though we've been talking about tapping and preparing for weeks now, we are also indigenous, and there are some ceremonial aspects and speeches that I have been working to learn, which again, she's known about for a couple of weeks now. And this is all so we can collect our sap in reciprocity with the land. Now, my dad is not indigenous, but he is family, and he has been living in our community and on this land in particular for several years. So I am comfortable with him being present for part of this, but I am absolutely not comfortable with a non-indigenous stranger being there for that. On top of this, there are a couple of factors that are involved. For starters, when she got into online dating, my sister stopped hanging out with me altogether. Before that, we used to spend a couple of days a month together on hikes or thrifting. It hurt me a little, but I try to keep in mind that we are both busy, and she is excited by this new aspect that she's exploring, so it makes sense that she would focus a lot of her time and energy on that. That being said, I was really looking forward to spending this tapping time on the land with our family, all trying to reconnect once again, but now we will have to deal with some stranger being there. My sister has also had a strained relationship with our dad for a while. He can be a lot to handle because he talks a lot and is very into conspiracy theories and prepping, which spikes my sister's anxiety altogether. But he has a good heart and cares about us. Over the last few months, she's yelled at him a few times and spoken disrespectfully about him, as well as his tapping knowledge in front of the other members of our community. He doesn't know about the latter, but the former has hurt his 
feelings. I just feel like it's awful that she was talking down about my dad a few weeks ago in front of other community members who do their own tapping. But now that her friend wants to learn, she is happy to try and take advantage of his knowledge. What should I do? I don't know. It kind of seems like your sister has every right to be there with whoever she wants. And it seems like this only bothers you and literally nobody else in the situation. Unless there's something that I'm missing. And sure, she didn't talk to you or anybody else about bringing this stranger over to learn about tapping, but she is a co-owner of the land. I mean, does she have to run everything by you before she does it? It sounds like a lot of the work has already been done without you because you haven't really been involved. But now that your sister's coming into the scene, basically right at the same time as you, is in itself clearly rubbing you the wrong way, and you feel like this guy should not be involved. But honestly, she has every right to invite this guy, in my opinion. So if you really did want to have some kind of conversation with your sister and explain to her that, hey, I want this to be a private moment with family, and then maybe he can come in and help out with tapping, you can certainly do that. But from my perspective, it honestly kind of comes off like you're being really controlling in this situation, and I seriously don't think that's fair for your sister or anybody else involved in this situation in the slightest. I don't seem to be a priority in my boyfriend's life, despite him saying that he cares about me a lot, and at this point, I don't know what to do. So I first want to say that I am really, really sad. I'm constantly crying because of this guy, because my self-worth has really come into question for me. I met this guy and we became fast friends. Friendship evolved into romance and we became boyfriend and girlfriend. The first couple of days was absolute heaven. He was the perfect gentleman and he made me feel all tingly inside. Those feelings didn't last long though. After a while, he just began to straight up ignore me. He didn't talk to me at all and the few times I tried to initiate conversation with him, he didn't respond for hours on end. I didn't really message him left and right. All I did was text him saying hi or wishing him a good morning. Some people were saying I was being too clingy with him and honestly I think they might be right. I think I got much too attached to him way too quickly. The few times he did respond to my messages, he always made up ridiculous excuses as to why he wasn't able to talk to me. His usual excuse was that he was hanging out with friends and was too tired to do anything afterwards. Now if that was an every once in a while thing, that would be one thing. But that's something that happens nearly every time. I don't feel like I'm even a priority in his life, despite allegedly being his girlfriend. One day, I worked up the nerve to tell him how I felt, and again, he rained down a series of excuses. He said to me, it's your hormones that are making you like that, as well as several other hurtful things that he said. I told him that I didn't feel like he really wanted to be with me, and he then said to me, that's not true and you know it. I care about you. You know that, right? Honestly, right now, I just don't know. He barely talks to me as it is, and essentially acts like I don't exist like 95% of the time. I'm so close to breaking up with him, but I'm so hesitant. Why am I so hesitant about this? What should I do? It sounds like this is the early stages of your relationship, so I think there are a few ways you could take this. You could either try to make it work and figure this out some way, or you really could just break up. It seems like those are basically the options you have. And when it comes to trying to make it work, I think it just means you gotta sit down and talk with each other, and maybe get to know each other a little bit better. And honestly, the fact that your boyfriend would say that your hormones are making you act this way is a giant red flag in my opinion. Like, I really don't know why he would say that to you, and that honestly comes off as really rude and incredibly disrespectful. And I don't think you're being too clingy or anything like that, but maybe he doesn't understand what you want out of this relationship. Maybe you really do need that text communication between the two of you, essentially so you can know that you're both still in contact and that he still likes you. Maybe that's just something that you need. So maybe communicating with him and explaining what you want out of this relationship really would make a big difference. So hopefully things work out for you, and honestly, even if it doesn't, I wouldn't be too surprised. 
Christ. Because it definitely seems like this guy's just a little bit off when it comes to the relationship. And if that really is the case, then I seriously think you deserve much better than this. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.